Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the 11th Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, 
extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you lonely? Do you feel solitary? If so, that's an issue. How exactly do you go about trying to solve that issue? Or maybe another way to ask that same question, where is your home? Where do you dwell? Where is the place where you are not lonely? The place where you are not solitary? Is that in your actual house where your family lives, maybe? Or maybe you're seeking that dwelling, that home in the internet, on Facebook. Maybe you're seeking that sense of belonging in video games or movies or books. Maybe you're trying to stave off loneliness in sports, in 4-H, in the myriad of other activities that we have going on. Or maybe you're just trying to spend time with your friends, trying to make more time to be with your family. But are you seeking to dwell with your God? Our text for today is actually just one line out of the intro. God is in his holy habitation. He settles the solitary in a home. One of the worst symptoms of sin, one of the worst consequences of sin, is loneliness. It doesn't even have to be your actual sin, though it certainly can be. Because sin almost always involves breaking or hurting a relationship with someone. It is always doing that with God. There is no sin that you can commit that isn't going to hurt your relationship with your God. But many times it's not just God and you whose relationship struggles in a sin. Oftentimes, it's a sin against someone or even a sin against you that is going to cause this to happen. It could even result in the breaking of a friendship or a relationship. And perhaps now, of all the times that at least I have been alive, we see that people are desperately lonely. The internet has changed many of our relationships. We've 
gotten this sort of distance that's happened, and we started to put up masks. We started to make sure that our Facebook pages or whatever we use looks exactly how we want it to so that nobody can see whatever it is that we're actually struggling with. Not actually connecting with people even though it seems like we should be more connected with people than ever. And that was before the virus hit. When we still had ample opportunity to actually go out and spend time with people. But the virus has, of course, only exasperated that problem. Now, people in fear are starting to isolate themselves even more than they had before. And loneliness is on the rise. Solitariness is upcoming. The devil is dividing and conquering. But make no mistake about it, our Lord does not intend to let us be lonely, but rather seeks to provide for us and to bear us up, even in the time of this solitude. And the way that he does this is that he settles the solitary in homes. In some ways, we can think about it in that God settles the solitary in those three estates that we talked about in family Bible vacation. In the state, the neighborhood, or the community, or the society. In the family, perhaps the primary place that he settles us. And then what we're going to focus on today, the church. Because... Where does God dwell in his mercy? Where does God dwell for us as a friend? Except for here, in his holy habitation, where he is present in his gifts. Make no mistake, he certainly dwells in the church or in the family and in the state as well, but he does it differently then. Many times he dwells in the state as a force of law, a force of justice, a force that perhaps we don't really want to meet all that much sometimes. While in the family he dwells very easily in both, but here in the church is where the gifts are always going to be found. And yet, while that is true, We fail that truth sometimes. We sometimes turn our church, our congregation, into a place where people cannot find relief from their loneliness, where people will not be made to feel a part of the community, where instead people will feel even more solitary than when they first stepped in. Sometimes we do this simply because we're afraid. We're afraid of the new person. We're afraid of somebody coming in and maybe upsetting the balance of our congregation. Or maybe we're just afraid because we don't like going up and talking to people. And so we don't. Other times, maybe it's because we're angry or or we're frustrated. 
Perhaps because we haven't seen these people in such a long time, and we think that they should have been here forever. And yet they weren't. And so when they finally show up, we let that frustration and that anger overflow, rather than welcoming them back and being overjoyed that they are here with us again. But perhaps worst of all, sometimes we don't make people feel welcome because we think we're better than them. Maybe we think that we're better than them because we, in fact, are here on a regular basis, because we do come to receive the gifts more often. Maybe we think we're better because we've been lifelong Lutherans, and they're new. Maybe we think we're better because we have better jobs or more money or we're more involved in community activities. We must repent of all of this. We must repent of turning God's holy habitation, turning God's church into a place that excludes those who God welcomes. For if we don't, then we might find ourselves fleeing from God, as our intro it talks about. For this place, this building, this church, and not just our church here, but the church in general, is supposed to be the home of the righteous, where we are glad, exulting, and jubilant with our Lord and with our brothers and sisters in Christ, recognizing that our Lord forgives and loves all people whether or not we're afraid of them, angry with them, or think we're better than them. For this is the place where God intends to settle the solitary. Here, where you are sitting right now, is a place where all people are welcomed to sit in God's pews, no matter how lonely or solitary they are. A place where all of us lonely people can wait together for the time when God brings us all together to be with him in his holy, eternal habitation. And we are free to recognize that everyone needs what is found here just as much as we do, and to recognize that we truly need this just as much as everyone else. For God made it clear that it is not good for man to be alone. And so our Lord settles the solitary in his home. And the way he does this is clear and obvious. Forgiveness is the only solution the only way to heal loneliness. This forgiveness that Christ earned for you on the cross when he died, when he suffered the ultimate loneliness, when he was in fact forsaken by his own Father, our God, our Creator, allowed his Son to die 
allowed his son to experience true solitude, true loneliness, in order that you could have forgiveness, in order that you would have a way that your relationships, both with God and with others, could be healed. And here, in this place, is where God delivers that forgiveness to you through his word and through his sacrament. This forgiveness is why you come here. This repairing of the relationship between you and God, which means that even if you did find yourself excluding others, even if you did find yourself afraid to reach out to the new person or angry and accidentally driving away a former member, or even if you find yourself thinking in the back of your head, man, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Here, in these pews, your forgiveness is true. Even for those sins, even for the times that you didn't make this place a welcoming place. God will, does, and just did forgive you for those sins. And we get to share that forgiveness with each other and with all of those around us. We get to be people who are ridiculously generous with our forgiveness. We get to be people who are just radically unafraid to forgive people and radically unafraid to ask for forgiveness. Because we know we have it. We know that Christ died on the sin to earn it for us, and we know that he did that for everyone. That all the people in our community, all the people on the internet, everyone in the entire world now has free access to that forgiveness. And we get to be the place where that forgiveness is so obvious, so generous, that people always feel welcome. We get to be the people who share that forgiveness so radically that people wonder what's going on in here. What is it that's filling these people with this joyful, generous forgiveness? We get to be the place where we share that truth, where we share that forgiveness. And you are free to dwell in this habitation, free to embrace this solution to loneliness and solitude, free to live in it, knowing that you are never truly alone and that you always have a place that you can come to where you will be welcome. And you are free to share that truth with everyone else as well. Now, may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.